The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World, trailblazing TV journalist Bill O'Reilly, the best-selling author of the Killing series, adds Killing the Legends, the lethal danger of celebrity, to his roster of record-breaking books that he co-writes with Martin Dugard. This will be the 12th book in the series, nearly all of which have become number one New York Times and national bestsellers and sold almost 19 million copies worldwide. And I have to say, I think of Bill as a close personal friend we've done many things over the years together. He is a remarkable journalist. He's an amazing guy. And his range of knowledge is astonishing. And the way in which he has put this whole Killing series together, I'm astonished at how well he's done with this. In Killing the Legends, his newest book, he explores the lives, legacies, and tragic deaths of three of the most famous people of the 20th century, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali. These three icons changed the worlds of music, film, and sports. Here to talk about his new book, I'm very pleased to welcome back my good friend, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, it's terrific to have you back. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I never take it for granted. Your audience is very well-informed, so... Those are the kind of people we want to reach when promoting anything, including killing the legends. You know, one thing in your intro that I want to point out is that the reason I selected these three, Presley, Lennon, and Ali, is because they changed the way we live in America. And you saw it because 
you are in that age group post-World War II that went through the conformity of the 50s, saw the Rock Rebellion come in after Presley's Ed Sullivan appearance, and then lived through the 60s in the sex, drugs, rock and roll, which we still have, spearpointed by the Beatles, and then into the age of dissent, spearheaded by Muhammad Ali when he refused to be drafted. So you saw all of that up close. And cultural history is underreported in this country. You know, all of my other killing books have been on wars or presidents, Lincoln, Kennedy. But this one I wrote because it's right in my wheelhouse. I lived it and you lived it. These three people were astonishingly present in people's lives. I mean, Presley at one point, I think, did a program on worldwide television with one and a half billion people watching and was the first person to be in that kind of a league. Lennon, of course, with the Beatles, and then just as a creative force, was kind of remarkable. And Muhammad Ali, both because he was so unique and willing to stand up for what he believed in, but also he was such an astonishing boxer. He carried himself in a very positive way, and I think had an impact that people today probably don't realize how significant Muhammad Ali was as a personality and representing sort of a kind of excellence. I mean, all three of these people were giants. How did you conceptualize this book? Because it's a very interesting take. Well, what I did was I always look at things from a history slash journalism point of view. And I knew, based upon my life and my job as a journalist, that all three of these men self-destructed. So they were given by God extraordinary talents, and they used those talents to become icons, wealthy, and they could do whatever they wanted to do. Yet with all that, they destroyed themselves, all three, in very similar ways. They were all betrayed, and they all basically were overwhelmed by their circumstance, by their fate. They could not handle it, which is why the subtitle is The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Now, both you and I are celebrities. We're famous people. And we know that we are targets and that we have to be careful and that we have to take steps to protect ourselves and our families. Yet a 19-year-old from Mississippi, a 18-year-old from Louisville, Kentucky, and a 18-year-old from Liverpool, England, did not know that. They had no blanket idea what was about to befall them when they became so successful. And the reason this material attracted me was because a lot of people in our culture, in America, want to be rich and famous. And you know the old cliche, be careful what you wish for. The three you picked not only were gigantic celebrities, but... All three came out of poverty. So all three sort of rose within a decade or 15 years from not having very much to having more than you could imagine. And I think that made it a little disorienting, if you will. They were all disoriented and they didn't know where to go. And they had no one around them to give them solace, to mentor them. They didn't have any of that. And what happened was that once they got into a situation where they were isolated, 
you know, you're Elvis, you can't go out to dinner or Ali, wherever he went, he was mobbed. Then they gave up their autonomy to other people. It became so oppressive to them. So Elvis to Colonel Tom Parker, who was a criminal, you handle it all. Ali to Herbert Mohammed, the Nation of Islam, which exploited him in harrowing ways and led into Yoko Ono. They all three gave up their autonomy, famous or not. If you allow other people to run your life, it is not going to turn out well. Certainly in Elvis's case, Colonel Parker just totally exploited him. Not only was he not protecting Presley, but he was actually setting Presley up to use him to pay off Parker's own gambling debts and to do whatever Parker needed for himself, even if it was increasing the destruction of Presley. It's sort of amazing how negative a role Parker played. He was a heinous human being. He understood that Elvis was not intellectually equipped to run this empire that his talent led to. But I don't see Elvis or Lennon or Ellie as victims. They all knew what was happening to them. Presley signed the contracts, giving Parker 50% of all his earnings. 50%! Ali allowed the Muslims to book him fights when doctors said, you are not able enough medically to go into the ring. The Muslims still put him in the ring, and that destroyed his brain. But Ali knew that that was the circumstance and allowed it to happen. Why do you think all three of them were, in a sense, willingly exploited? Because they were overwhelmed by it all. You know, everybody in life listening to us right now, when we get into difficult situations, we either surrender, we fight, but it's very hard. Very, very hard. And the tendency for people is to run away into narcotics like Lennon and Presley or into a cult like Ali. You just don't want to deal with it. It's too painful, too stressful, too complicated. So let somebody else deal with it. And that was the mistake all three of them made. And then they were betrayed from the inside. a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Newt. We have serious decisions to make about the future of our country. Americans must confront big government socialism, which has taken over the modern Democratic Party, big business, news media, entertainment, and academia. My new best-selling book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future, offers strategies and insights for everyday citizens to save America's future and ensure it remains the greatest nation on earth. Here's a special offer for my podcast listeners. You can order an autographed copy of my new book, Defeating Big Government Socialism right now at Gingrich360.com slash book, and we'll ship it directly to you. Don't miss out on this special offer. It's only available for a limited time. Go to Gingrich360.com slash book to order your copy now. Order it today at Gingrich360.com slash book. I did not know this until I read your book. I didn't realize how much Lenin's heroin use contributed to the breakup of the Beatles. That story was kept very quiet. Some in the press knew about it, but most did not. And Lennon became addicted to heroin after he hooked up with Yoko Ono, who was also a heroin user. And the Beatles were shocked, the other three members of the band, because Lennon's whole personality changed from an outgoing guy. He was always sardonic and confrontational, but he was kind of a good guy, fun to be around, into this stoned-out guy who didn't interact with them at all, and that's what led to the dissolution of the Beatles. The story was kept very, very quiet. Now, to his credit, Lennon kicked the addiction, all right? Presley never did, and Presley died because of drugs. Lennon did get it behind him, but then, of course, was assassinated. The three of them, that's the most shocking end. What do you think motivated... Mark David Chapman, who was the guy who came from Fort Worth, Texas, to New York, specifically to kill Lennon, what was motivating him? Yesterday was the anniversary of Teddy Roosevelt being shot in the chest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by this deranged 36-year-old bartender. And Roosevelt actually gave the speech with the bullet in his ribcage. 
Yesterday was the anniversary of it, okay? Delusional people are everywhere. And Mark David Chapman, the Lenin assassin, was obviously mentally ill. And that is the lethal danger of celebrity. If I want to go to a Washington Redskins game, oh, they're not the Redskins anymore, the Washington Commanders game, I can't sit in the stands. I don't know about you, but I can't sit in the stands. I got to sit in a box. Most of the people, when I encounter them in public, are very nice. They want a picture. They want to chat. Happy to do it. But there's that fringe 2% that are just unhinged and may physically hurt you. And every celebrity knows that. Incredibly, Presley did have security. They called it the Memphis Mafia. But Lennon did not. Ono controlled him to such an extent that she didn't want anybody around him. So Lennon and Ono would walk around the streets of New York by themselves. No security. And boom. So that's the harrowing part, that if you're famous, you become a target of crazy, deranged people, of the Internet nuts, of political foes, whatever it may be. You are a target. Very heavy weight to bear. In Lennon's case, he had the hubris, as you remember and as you put in the book, of saying in 1966, we're more popular than Jesus now. And I think for some people, that was a deeply offensive comment and sort of served as a lightning rod. Sure, but Lennon didn't mean it because Lennon just babbled. He didn't know what he was saying. He's kind of like Joe Biden. He just says stuff out of the thin air and he says it to get a reaction. So the press would come around John Lennon, and this was before Yoko, and kind of bait him with stuff, and knowing that Lennon could say anything at any time, and they get a headline. It's like clickbait now on social media. So I never took that seriously. I mean, Lennon was a guy who was very flamboyant. He was kind of entertaining to watch until his life took a dramatic turn. Before he got so heavily into drugs. Do you think that Elvis sort of understood what he was doing? I mean, it's remarkable how his career explodes and how he's the pioneer who breaks open music for everybody who follows. Not just music. So post-World War II, 1950s, Eisenhower president, America is conformist. We all look the same, sound the same, no rebellion, no dissent, People do what they did the last four decades because everybody was exhausted by the war, just want to raise the family, baby boomers, no turbulence. All of a sudden, a teenager from Mississippi appears on the Ed Sullivan show and blows up the conformist culture in six minutes singing a dopey song named Hound Dog. The next day, Preachers all over the country are saying that Elvis Presley is an agent of Satan. Parents are telling their kids, you're not going to slick your hair back. You're not going to wear that leather jacket. But who wins? Presley wins. The culture changes into rock and roll and rebellion. And then you get all of that subtext. We were still an innocent society. You remember the hula hoop in 1960, the twist. We weren't 
hardcore like we became in the 60s. But Elvis single-handedly brought down the conformist culture, which is why this is a history book. You know, sometimes I have trouble explaining to people why I'm writing about it. It's not People Magazine. This is American history. These guys drove it. And then the 60s, the Beatles were the spear point. Magical Mystery Tour, Sgt. Pepper, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll. We have that today. Suspicion of authority. And Lennon was the driver of that, along with his bandmates, who didn't take it as seriously as Lennon did with the Give Peace a Chance mantra and all of that. Well, and it's remarkable when the Beatles did break up, how different their careers were. Some of them just bounced back and went on to live very successful, normal lives. Sure. The other three learned from Lennon. So they were all drug-involved in the mid-60s. All the Beatles were taking drugs, but not opiates, not heroin. I mean, that was debilitating. They were taking pot and hash and LSD. But when they saw what happened to Lennon, that wised them up. And also, when he was assassinated, all three of the Beatles then had cadres of protection. So it changed their whole life. And they were just lucky, I think, to get through it where Lennon didn't get. It was almost luck because any of the three could have been a target of an assassin, that's for sure. Well, and of course, in the case of McCartney, he has carried on. He's still today is carrying on a remarkably successful career and seems to have been a relatively stable, balanced person most of his life. Yeah, McCartney was lucky enough to run into the Eastman family through a girlfriend and then a subsequent wife, Linda Eastman. And to this day, they run his career. And they are very, very savvy business people and pretty much, you know, said, look, you can have every luxury you want in the world, which Paul McCartney does. But, you know, there's certain things you've got to do. And McCartney conformed to that. With both Presley and Lennon and the Beatles as a group, you have people who are making music. They may have things they do to themselves, either to relieve the tension or out of boredom or whatever. But there's not an inherently difficult challenge in being a successful musician. On the other hand, when you cover Cassius Clay, who then becomes Muhammad Ali, he was inherently in a dangerous business. In the book, you point out that there was an estimate that during his career, he had actually absorbed almost 200,000 blows to his head and his body. I mean, that's almost unimaginable. It is, and it just shows you how strong a man he was. But the thing about Muhammad Ali that struck me the most was here was a charismatic guy who got along with everybody. I interviewed him. I never thought he was anti-whitey or racist or anything like that. And he signs up with a racist organization, the Nation of Islam, which is run by Farrakhan now, still in operation. And once he does that and becomes a Muslim, he conforms to what they want him to do. So he almost died, Muhammad Ali, and this is some of the finest writing I've ever done in my life. I put you in the ring in Manila, the Philippines, when he's fighting Joe Frazier. Frazier almost kills him, literally kills him. And he almost blinds Frazier, Ali. And then for two weeks after that fight, 
Ali couldn't even go out. He had to stay in a darkened room. And his doctor, Ferdy Pacheco, said, look, you can't fight for a year. You're so damaged, you can't fight for 12 months. Four months later, guess who's back in the ring? And it was because of the Nation of Islam. They wanted the money. And they took an enormous amount of money from Mohammed Ali, who allowed them to do it. And, you know, Lenin, Presley, and Ali were not stupid men. They weren't. They weren't well educated. They didn't have a support system. They had dysfunctional families, but they weren't stupid. And they just got exhausted and they gave up. And that led to their demise. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your new book, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity, is remarkable in itself, but I cannot have you on at this particular time of the year, given your remarkable background as a journalist, and not ask you about the elections. We were chatting earlier that you see the world from Long Island, so 
share with us just for a couple of minutes your thoughts about what 2022 is likely to turn out to be. Okay, so I agree with you there's going to be a red wave. I think the House will be almost historically Republican. I think the Senate will go to the Republicans as well, although if Republicans can muck it up, they will. All right, I'm not a big party guy, as you know. But right now, with 80% of Americans, 80, saying that they are suffering because of the Biden economy, I don't see how it can go any other way. Now, what you're going to see in the next few weeks is panic in the media. All summer, the media propped up the Democrats saying, oh, come back, come back, come back, abortion this, Trump that, whatever it may be. Now they're starting to realize that the country is going to profoundly change in the next four months. The progressive left is going to get hammered. They're going to lose all credibility, as well they should, for inflicting this economic horror on working Americans. This was a system of incompetence run by Joe Biden, but dictated by his progressive left masters. And you want to link it into killing the legends? Here it is. Biden is not in charge. He's not making the decisions. He has ceded all power and sold out all his previous convictions to the progressive left. That was the financial pathway to the White House. And he and Jill Biden took it. He doesn't have any decision making right now, Biden. He does what he is told to do. And the sad fact is the progressives in the name of global warming have destroyed the infrastructure of the American economy. And people, they may not understand all of the nuance, but they know they're getting hurt so they're going to hurt the Democrats on November 8th. What is your take? You're pretty optimistic that Lee Zeldin could end up as governor of New York, which would truly be a dramatic moment. Earthquake. So Zeldin is about three points down. And the Democratic machine in New York State is two to one over Republicans, registered voters. 20 million People in New York State, eight and a half million of them live in New York City, which is destroyed. New York City is a violent place. Quality of life is declined. Everybody can see it. You don't have to be told it. You can see it. Okay? It is a dangerous situation. I think that a lot of the Democrat voters, particularly in the African-American community, aren't going to vote for Zeldin they're just not going to vote. And the polls do not reflect that. If they don't show up, and believe me, the machine will try to get them out, but I don't think they're going to go. Zeldin will win. And that will be an earthquake in politics in America. I sense that happening in a number of places. You know, Iowa used to be very competitive. I think the last Iowa Democratic congressman is going to get beaten this year, and it'll be all Republican. And you see place after place, I think the valley in Texas, which is very Hispanic, is basically going to be one conservative Democrat and three Republicans when this election's over. I'm looking around at 
what could be a genuinely revolutionary election in terms of the size of the wave that is building. I agree with you. And people are not only disenchanted with the Biden administration and the Democrat platform, they are angry. And anger drives votes. Okay? So if you're angry, that's why Trump lost. Because people were angry with him, not with his policies. Because his policies largely worked. But they were angry with him. The same thing is going to happen now. They're angry with Biden. When Biden goes out this week and says, the economy is strong as hell, that's an insult to working people who can't pay the bills. He just insulted them. The economy in the real world, a world which Joe Biden does not exist in, the economy is not strong as hell. The economy is hurting people. And so that kind of a visceral reaction is going to mean, I believe, a landslide for the GOP. I couldn't help myself. I saw this picture of Biden after he made his economy comments eating an ice cream cone. So I went and checked. In December 2021, a half gallon of ice cream was four seventy-six. In September of this year, it's $5.70. That means in less than a year, there's been a 20% increase in the cost of ice cream. And I hope everybody who watches Biden eating an ice cream cone will remember everything is more expensive because of Joe Biden. And they should also remember, Mr. Speaker, that Biden didn't pay for that ice cream. We did. <laughs> the taxpayer paid for it. That's right. I hadn't thought of that part of it. He doesn't notice the price because he doesn't pay it. He didn't care. He didn't care about us. He didn't care about people scratching a living, people with five kids trying to get by. He didn't care because he's in denial. Oh, no, it's not bad. Oh, the southern border is secure. Oh, all those hundreds of thousands of people dying from fentanyl. Ah, it's secure. No, no, no. We're doing a great job. We have a delusional president, the second worst president in the history of this republic in this first two years. The second worst president, Joe Biden. So who do you nominate for worst? James Buchanan will never be overtaken as the worst president in our history. The worst. He allowed the South to storm federal depots, to accumulate weaponry, to abuse the federal government. And that led directly to the Civil War. Poor Abraham Lincoln. When he walked in there, what a mess. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just remarkable. By the way, I've been telling people, make sure you check your 401k before you vote, and it will convince you to vote Republican. I don't know if anybody needs convincing anymore. Even the dimmest among us. Yeah, even the dimmest people. But it'll be interesting to see the media panic in the next two weeks. They will panic. They'll try to drag Trump back into the spotlight. The abortion thing's not working for him. But where do you see the panic on the part of the corporate media? Yep. It's going to be interesting to watch. Let me just say, I urge everybody listening, one, make sure you go vote. And two, pick up Killing the Legends, as you heard in this conversation. It's a fascinating book. And once again, will open up ideas you've never had and is typical of the kind of work that Bill does. So, Bill, I'm sure in, within a year, you'll be back with another book. And I will look forward once again. 
Okay, I got one more to do in the contract that we have now. And I got to tell everybody, Mr. Speaker, that you mentioned at the top of the program that we've been friends for. It's got to be now close to 30 years. And I respect that you are an honest man who speaks on behalf of the regular American. You've never been one of these snooty, snobby politicians whose power went to his head. You still maintain that common touch, and I respect that very much. Thanks for having me on your fine podcast. Thank you to my guest, Bill O'Reilly. You can get a link to buy his new book, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howell, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.